welcome to the Roto-Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It is week one NFL podcast time. The preseason is over. The wait for football season is over. It's time to talk football, and I'm joined today and this season by my good buddy, Genie for 07. Grant, excited to be talking some football with you again. Oh, gosh. Best day of the year. Well, I guess Sunday will be the best day of the year. But today is a close second. My God, there's nothing better. We've waited eight months. Now it's just time to throw a whole bunch of money on whatever we're watching because it's just so good to be back. Yeah, I don't dabble in preseason football. I don't know if you do. Um, for me, it's just it's never been something that I've gotten into. I just I don't I start doing a lot of like football research and stuff like this week. I mean, like I do best balls and I do a lot of that research over the off season, but I mean, I really just start looking at week one, week one. <laughs> yeah, pretty much the same for me. Like there's so many moving pieces and like eight guys will get injured. So you're, you're a lot of your research is kind of worthless. And I mean, if you can just cram 40 hours in the first week, it's the equivalent of cr- cramming a hundred hours in over the first few months of the off season. No, I mean, there's so many people that look at stuff and I mean, I listen, do your thing. What works for you? Well, this works for me. I'm playing DFS for a long time and looking at week one, when week one comes up has been the thing that's worked for me um, for a long time. So, I mean, you know, week one, we do have um, a special promo over there on prize picks this week. Make sure you guys are checking them out. Use promo code grinders. But they're giving us a free square, Grant. Free square. Patrick Mahomes over a half a yard passing. Like, free square. Do your do your two for twos. Do your three for threes. Your five for fives. However you want to use it, use that free square until your fingers start hurting. Yeah. No, it's just absolute free money. Hammer it. I know that William Hill has Tom Brady over one yard. There's a lot of free squares. But nothing is for sure as that one over on prize picks. I mean, he'd have to get hurt before the game starts. And, like, you don't ever want to see that. But then he wouldn't even play, so you'd get your money back. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, it's just you're you're hitting that one. Um, you're hitting that one. So, all right. Um, the wait is over. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. We break down the games, each and every game, game by game. NFL main slate for Sunday. So, the 1 o'clock and the 4 o'clock games. Um, on Thursday, baseball podcast, if they're slow, I will go over the Thursday night base or football game as well. And then if the Monday podcast, if we have time, we'll go over the Monday night football game on that podcast. But Sunday night, we don't really go over that too much. Um, this year, I think it's the Bears and the Rams for Monday night or Sunday night football. So, I mean, that's like not a wonderful game anyway. Um, Andy Dalton starting, it sounds like, for Chicago. So, um, all right, let's jump in. We get started with the Chargers and the Washington football team. I did not mess them up at all last season. I'll at least mess them up twice this season. 44 and a half total. Washington is a one favorite. Let's start here with the Chargers. Grant, Herbert, Eckler, Keenan Allen. They're looking good. They added Jared Cook. What are we looking at here for the Chargers? I mean, Eckler, he, I think he got his hamstring injured yesterday, so something to watch out for, but I assume that he's going to be fine. In that case, he's probably going to get a lot of dump-offs. This is going to be a fairly high-scoring game, even though the total doesn't really represent it. I and mean, these are guys that are probably going to be able to put up points. I mean, Fitzmagic on the football team 
is just a beautiful spot. But I think that the total is a little bit too low on this. This has the potential to be a pretty big shootout. Problem is some of their price tags are kind of how they should be. Eckler is a solid play, but I think my favorite play over on the Chargers is going to be Keenan Allen. Um, Running out the slot, new OC came over, probably going to run a little bit similar offense to what was over in New Orleans, I think. Um, Keenan Allen run out of the slot, probably going to get just peppered with targets the entire time. It's a perfect spot for him. Um, Jared Cook knows the system. He's priced cheaply if you want to get a pivot off of Pitts, who's probably going to be the clear chalk. 3.8K, not terrible, has touchdown upside. I think that this game's going to go a little bit under-owned here. So I plan on having a decent amount of Keenan Allen spot and some Eckler, some Cook. I like Eckler on full point PPR sites. I think he potentially struggles a little bit to run the ball in this game. Washington does grade out to have a really good run defense and the Chargers, they don't run the ball very well anyway. So I think if you're playing Eckler, you want him on a full point PPR site. Um, I do like Keenan Allen. I'm right there with you. Target share projects anyway to be well above that 25% mark. Um, And by well above, I mean like 28%. So I like this spot for Allen. I mean, you can always target Mike Williams on a site like FanDuel where you're trying to chase touchdowns. He does have a ton of touchdown upside every single week because of his size. Um, And then I like the Jared Cook call. And I don't mind Herbert. I don't mind taking maybe some tournament shots on Herbert because he is a guy that can do some stuff with his legs too. Um, The other side, the football team, you already mentioned it. Ryan Fitzmagic, 5.5K coming over to a new system. We know he likes to chuck. I'm worried a little bit about Antonio Gibson not getting third down work, but it's week one. I'm not worried about anything. I'm playing the guys that I want to play. Yeah, Gibson, I think, grades out as the top point per dollar play in this game. I mean, he's 5.9K. He's going to be probably he's going to be the main back. He might be a workhorse back. We don't really know. McKissick's still in there, so he could end up stealing some a little bit of playing time from him. But Fitzmagic, I mean, I think I mentioned this every single year on week one because I love playing him. I think more week one millionaires over the last five years have been a result of Fitzmagic than any other quarterback, just because dude likes to chuck dude can put up massive outings. He can put up low outings. Ron Rivera, probably going to be passing the ball a decent amount now with Fitzmagic under center. And the main beneficiaries are probably going to be McLaurin. Who's an absolutely fantastic wide receiver had terrible QBs pretty much his entire career. And now he actually gets one that is good and he's just a guy that's 6.4k that can get a huge target share he's can do a whole lot with that and we've seen Fitzmagic make wide receivers one wide receiver ones into just stars the interesting one here is going to be Logan Thomas he's priced right around Pitts he was getting a ton of targets I think it was up over 100 last season it was largely a result of just the system they only really had Thomas and they had McLaurin and that was kind of it and then Curtis Samuel who I think is still good to play this weekend um is going to be a little bit of a downtick for him but Fitzmagic may not pass a ton to tight ends but this he's definitely a guy that's in play for tournaments so I like it and then I don't hate the Chargers defense on the other side Fitzmagic while great as a gunslinger that can occasionally put up a four interception game so he can either be great or terrible so I'm using him a ton in tournaments but I will be using some Chargers defense in tournaments so Samuel might not actually play um, after practice yesterday, he said that he still doesn't feel right. So I think they might potentially be on the careful side, which could potentially open up like Cam Sims um, at 4K. 
Um, I mean, the one thing Scott Turner is the offensive coordinator now. He was with Ron Rivera for the first two or three seasons. Ron Rivera was with Carolina. Then, I mean, they use Greg Olson a lot. So I think Logan Thomas is a guy like you were talking about. If you're looking off off of Pitts, we're all going to agree Pitts is the play. But if you're looking for a pivot off of Kyle Pitts, um, Logan Thomas seems like a guy that has like two touchdown upside in this matchup. And I'm with you. I like the Chargers defense. Um, I don't I don't mind really either one of these defenses because I think both teams are going to be throwing more than running. And that always offers opportunity for the defenses. So uh, Jets and Panthers, 44 and a half total here. Carolina, uh, four favorites. We got Sam Darnold facing his old team, Zach Wilson, starting for the Jets. Uh, anything standing out to you here for the Jets? I mean, nothing terribly. Um, Marshall, 3K wide receiver. He's definitely cheap. Well, that's a, on Carolina. Jets, Moore is a 3K wide receiver that's pretty cheap, has potential. Like, this is an interesting little game here. I think that the Jets are probably going to give running back share to all three of their guys, so that kind of makes it tough to use any of them. Wide receivers – at least for the Jets, they're all kind of cheap and they're all fairly talented. So I don't mind using Corey Davis. I don't mind using Crowder. I don't mind using Moore. I don't mind using Cole. Like any of them can end up with a pretty decent out. And Carolina's been pretty solid up front, but they've given up a lot to uh, the outside and to the quarterbacks and wide receivers and tight ends. So it's just an interesting spot where you can get a very cheap game stack. I don't have a ton of interest on the Jets side. I have more interest over on the Carolina side. But I think that you can make a cheap stack and load up on running backs by using Zach Wilson and some of the cheaper wide receivers. Yeah, I mean, I I worry about the Jets offense just in general all season. Um, They project as one of the worst offenses in football this season. But again, it's week one. Projections don't matter. Um, I mean, we're all watching the same same offenses and same stuff for the first time. And we really – we start adjusting week four and like teams start adjusting. So, I mean, football season is more about, you know, trying to figure out like who's going to score raw points. Um, but I mean, Corey Davis, 4.9 K, we know the type of upside this guy has. Um, we know, we think more is going to have some upside. Um, I mean, Crowder is always there. So I don't mind maybe taking one of these cheap wide receivers. I'm staying way away from the run game here. Um, I would be shocked if they don't use all three guys at some point in this game. And like, we could see like a 20 40 40 type split. And for me on week one, there's going to be too many opportunities for guys to be playing way over 40% of the snaps. Um, Carolina Panthers. I mean, the Panthers, I think are going to be a really popular defense in this spot. And on this slate, Um, they're a nice home favorite. They're facing offense that doesn't project well. So I definitely don't mind this Panthers uh, defense. Talk to me here about Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore, Terrence Marshall, and Sam Darnold playing with a new team. Yeah, no, so it's always interesting. Something you have to remember is, I mean, just the perfect example of it, it, that like QBs and new systems can be wildly different is to look at, what was it, the 2014, 2015, whatever it was, Rams, where Jeff Fisher managed to have Nick Foles uh Jared Goff and one other guy who I can't remember uh Case Keenum and they were all terrible there and then they all go over to new teams or get a new coach and they end up crushing Sam Darnold was under Gase a who just terrible system terrible coach and probably just trying to lose 
Darnold, I don't know how good he's going to be. There's always those thoughts that he might end up being great and just never really lived up to the expectations. But there's a there's a system that gave out a lot of fancy points to many different guys with Teddy Bridgewater under center. And I don't think Darnold's really going to make that much of a difference, but he could actually be good. But McCaffrey, we know his workload. We know he's going to get a lot of dump offs. The Jets defense is probably going to be a little bit improved, but still not going to be a good defense. McCaffrey, just based on workload, we know every single time he's going to put up a lot of points in full point PPR and probably non-point PPR. They have a five and a half point spread, I believe. And so they're probably going to be running later on the game and McCaffrey's going to get dump offs. Like there's a perfect spot for him. More crushed constantly. He's still young, still in his prime. New quarterback doesn't really matter too much because he can get it done with pretty much any of them. Marshall, 3K, should be getting a decent amount of playing time, should end up crushing. Problem is there's a lot of 3K wide receivers, so he's more of a guy that I'll use in a Darnold stack just because he's cheap and he allows you to pay out for other guys. But there's a spot where you could see a massive shootout and a lot of fantasy points here. I prefer the Carolina side drastically. And those are the main guys that I'm going with. If you want to throw in Robbie Anderson, that's fine too. Yeah. DJ Moore, um, I think is a fantastic play this week. I think he does have a lot of upside. I don't think a lot of people will play him one because Sam Darnold, like you said, has not looked good with the jets and two, he's six K and we have so many like high price wide receivers and cheap wide receivers that I don't know if a lot of people end up in this like six K range. So I think DJ Moore is super interesting. My only problem with like Sam Darnold and DJ Moore, maybe I run it back with like a Corey Davis, but I'm struggling to find like where I would necessarily run it back. But I do, I do like DJ Moore um, a lot. All right. We got the Eagles and the Falcons 48 and a half total here. Atlanta is a three and a half favorites. Um, Talk to me about Philadelphia. I mean, Jalen hurts could end up with, Big numbers here. I mean, he's going up against Atlanta. Atlanta obviously gave up a lot of points last year. The total on this isn't as high as I thought it would be. But Hurts has a bunch of weapons that he now can use. I mean, you got to remember that a lot of Phillies last year was just injured guys and third stringers and fourth stringers. Adding Devonta Smith, saying they're 4.5K. The guy may not be most athletic guy in the world, but he's an incredible route runner. Uh, going to probably go at low ownership. Him and anyone in this offense is entirely fine. I mean, Miles Sanders is sitting there at 6.5K, obviously has some upside at any given time. There's Smith, Rhaegar, um, Watkins. There's a lot of guys that you can end up using on this that are all very cheap. Even Goddard there. Everyone is in play over on Philly. I don't particularly love anyone, but I will be stacking up this game using bits and pieces all over the place. Because I think that the total on this game is probably a little bit low, even at 48. And this could be a high-scoring affair. I do prefer the Atlanta side. But you can get bits and pieces pretty much anywhere on this Philly side. And, I mean, Hurts can go for 100 yards rushing. So it's not like you have to pair them up with multiple different pass catchers. You can throw one in there and probably be fine knowing they can easily hit his ceiling without having more than one passing touchdown. I mean, this is one of my favorite game stacks for week one. Um, I love the fact that it doesn't have like a 50 plus total and it might potentially fly under the radar, but I really like Jalen hurts. I like Devonte Smith at his price, uh, Rager at his price. Dallas Goddard is a pivot off of Kyle Pitts on the other side of the game, just in general. Um, so, I mean, I like Jalen hurts a lot. Like we know his type of rushing upside and stuff. Um, 
And, and like, I think this is going to be a high scoring game. Atlanta defense was terrible last year. And even if they got a little bit better, they'll go from be- being terrible to bad. So, I mean, this is just a spot that I really like the Eagles. And I really like the Falcons um, on the other side of this game. I, I don't understand the total in this game because the Eagles pass defense was not good. Atlanta is not going to run the ball well anyway. So we're looking at Calvin Ridley, we're looking at Russell Gage, and we're looking at Kyle Pitts, who projects as the highest owned tight end on week one outside of Travis Kelsey. Um, what are we looking at here for Atlanta, Grant? I mean, I think we can add Mike Davis in there too. I mean, he's kind of the guy in this offense. We've seen him be a workhorse before. I mean, yes, Gallman's there, but this is he's pretty much the guy, and we've seen him be pretty involved in the passing game pretty much every stop of the way along his career. So even if this is a game where he doesn't end up rushing the ball a lot, I could see Ryan throwing the ball 45 times in this game. I think it's a spot where you can look at him. But, yeah, the wide receivers and Pitts. Pitts is just the obvious, clear, best tight end on the slate by what, a very, very heavy margin. I mean, he's sitting there at 4.4K. The guy is an athletic freak. He's probably going to be brought out to the outside in the slot a lot. He's going to be heavily involved in the passing game. And again, he's 4.4K. The only reason to fade him is because of ownership. But I don't know if we're going to do that, especially on full-point PBR sites, because they have to throw the ball somewhere. I mean, Ridley is a great option, and Ridley should put up a massive outing. And Ridley is one of my favorite wide receivers on the slate. People forget the gauge when Julio Jones was out was averaging like seven and a half targets per game. He's going to be heavily used. He's the number two, clear number two wide receiver in the offense, and he's coming in at low ownership here and not overwhelmingly high price tag. I'm right there with you. I love to stack this game up every which way. I prefer the Atlanta side and bring it back with one or two Philly pieces, but I love so many parts of the Atlanta offense, and I will probably have a, a mix and max of, what, five different guys all over the place. This is one of my favorite game stacks too. And yeah, I'm hoping based on early projections outside of pits, it's not going to be terribly high owned. Yeah. I just, there's so many ways to stack this game, which is what I always love for DFS. Like I, I like to stack, whether it be like two, one or three, one or three, two or two, two. Like I like to game stack in DFS, you know, especially football, especially week one grant, because I mean, we'll have a ton of analysis that comes out after week one about like winning lineups and like results DB and looking at like how these stacks ended up and stuff. And it's just like, I mean, here we are talking about it week one, you should stack. Um, and I think this is a game game stack. You can really look at uh, just so many, both, both different ways. Arizona at Tennessee, the Cardinals and the Titans 52 and a half total. Tennessee is a three favorite in this one. Um, Let's go Arizona first. Grant, what's standing out to you for the Cardinals? I mean, Tennessee's been involved in a lot of high-scoring games. Arizona runs at a massive pace. The problem is the price tags on most of these guys. I mean, Edmonds and Connor are probably going to split the workload, although I do like Edmonds at 4.6K over Connor. We've seen him have upside games before. Wide receivers, I mean, Rondell Moore looks like he should be heavily involved in the offense. He's 3K. He's one of those many bare minimum priced wide receivers that I think are very much in play, even though they have several wide receivers on the roster that they'll end up using. Hopkins, always a target monster, should be heavily involved. This should be a high-scoring game, probably staying away from the tight ends for the most part here. Um, So wide receiver, running back, QB, all very much in play for the Cardinals. And I think that this is – 
this has the potential to be the highest scoring game on the entire week. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's hard not to love this game. And, and I know, like, we're going to like Seattle and um, Indy as well. And we're going to obviously like Cleveland and Kansas City. But this is a game you should really like. Um, I mean, Kyler Murray at this pace, adding DeAndre Hopkins to this offense. AJ Green potentially healthy. I, I mean, this and is a top. Maybe cares. Yeah. I mean, this is a top wide receiver that we talked about for years and got hurt. And we really haven't talked about for like two seasons. So, um, I mean, it'd be really interesting to see like where AJ Green, I'm, I'm guessing like AJ Green plays that like Larry Fitzgerald role. Five I mean, to seven, five to seven targets, you know, 50 to 70 yards. It all depends if he scores a touchdown at 3.8K. But if he gets five catches for 50 yards and a touchdown, that's 16 points. I'll take that at 3.8K. Um, I like the more call. I do think, like, I think he outsnaps AJ Green. I really do. Um, could be wrong. I mean, we all can be wrong week one, and I have no problem admitting that. But I like Murray. I like Hopkins. They're expensive. I don't love the tight end situation. I guess if I was going to play one of them, maybe Williams. But, I mean, it's just a tight end situation that I'm staying way away from uh, week one. Tennessee Titans on the other side. I mean, the Titans added Julio Jones to A.J. Brown. They have, you know, two of the better wide receivers in the league. They got Derrick Henry. And Ryan, Ryan Tannehill just has to go out and play decent football for this team to make the playoffs this year. Yeah. No, yeah. I don't even need think he has to play that decent of football let's be honest he could he could play like trash all year and they'd still probably limited to the playoffs with derrick henry there and yeah it's it's they're gonna be they're always a fun team to watch but derrick henry week one i don't know if he's my favorite running back play but he's definitely a guy that's in play every single week and obviously put up 200 yards rushing and two three touchdowns any given week He's a guy that I'll definitely use a little bit, and he's definitely a good bring-it-back guy and just round it out with some low-priced guys. If you're stacking up this game, I mean, A.J. Brown or Julio Jones both can put up massive outings. Tannehill, we've seen over and over again not really be heavily owned and put up a huge outing. I mean, he had multiple 25-, 30-point outings last year. He's probably – I think he had it in, what, seven games last year he had over 25 points, and like four of them, five of them he had – 30 points plus he's just a guy that can go off for a mass game at any time. And if this game's going to be a high scoring game, you know, that Tannehill is going to end up with a huge outing. So I think I saw a step somewhere that they had like multiple 60 point games last year total. And this could easily be a spot going up against one of the highest paced teams. They probably going to be the highest paced team in the league. So my favorite is probably Tannehill and Henry I'll toss it up between A.J. Brown and Julio Jones and use some lineups with both potentially. But this is just a beautiful spot overall. I mean, with the pace that Arizona plays and their mediocre defense, this is a great spot to target Tennessee. It really is. Yeah, plus Uh, I think Arizona's secondary is just terrible right now. Yeah, I mean, they don't project well. Like, Julio Jones and AJ Brown both protect like project as like top 10 matchups on the slate. So, and, and like they're in the same passing game. So, and they're good I mean, at football. They are. They are really good at football. I mean, I probably pick one of the two. I get plenty of stacks with Tannehill and one of the two. I don't know if I play them both together because of price, 
but it it definitely a contrarian way to um, approach it. Yeah, and you can make it work really easily with <laughs> I mean, eight, that's... nine guys under four K that project for double nine. points. <laughs> nine. <laughs> yeah. That that little. <laughs> I mean, week one always has a ton of value. Um, there, there's no short of value this week, that's for sure. Uh, Jacksonville at Houston, the Jags and the Texans, 45 and a half total here. Jacksonville, uh, three and a half favorite. I mean, a lot of, a lot of like move around here. You know, Tyra Taylor starting for Houston. We get the start of the Trevor Lawrence um, campaign here in Jacksonville. What are we looking at here for the Jags? Not a ton. I mean, Chenault is fine. Lawrence is fine. Like, the only piece I really like, just because Houston is so terrible, is James Robinson with what's-his-name injury. He's probably going to be the main back. Yes, Carlos Hyde may come in there and steal a little bit of workload from him, but James Robinson was a guy that put up massive outings last year. Houston, I have to imagine, is not going to be great here. They have just horrible, horrible personnel. They're not a good team. And Jacksonville's clearly the better team. This line scares me a little bit, only being at three and a half. But I'm kind of just guessing that it's going to be Jacksonville doing most of the work here. And I think that James Robinson is just going to get a boatload of carries, a boatload of catches, and just be the main guy. So while I don't hate stacking up some Jacksonville pieces, knowing that Lawrence could be very good in this spot, I'm, I'm probably just mostly focusing on Robinson. Yeah, I'll probably – I'm not going to lie. I'll probably have a couple Lawrence stacks. Uh, Marvin Jones is just way too cheap to not have a couple Trevor Lawrence, Marvin Jones stacks, um, DJ Chark. I'll definitely play some Robinson too. You mentioned it. Houston defense projects as one of the worst defense, if not the worst defense in the NFL going into the season. So Trevor Lawrence gets a really good matchup here for his first career game, and I think he's going to take advantage of it, we hope. Um, and, I mean – He's a guy that has plenty of upside, and he's 6.2K. So, uh, Tyrod Taylor is back in our lives, Grants. Um, I mean, it looks like it's going to be Brandon Cooks and Chris Conley um, as, like, his guys and Mark Ingram. Um, I mean, it's a three-headed monster, really, in Houston. It's Ingram. It's Lindsey. It's David Johnson. We project – Ingram to have a majority of the snaps a little bit um, over Lindsay. Um, but I mean, this is just this, this offense is going to be so hard to figure out. We're going to be talking about this for the next four or five weeks, just trying to figure this offense out. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. Taylor offenses really haven't put up huge outings pretty much his entire career. I mean, he's probably not a bad quarterback, but he's not really a, He's definitely a bad fantasy quarterback. I mean, it's going to be very conservative off offense, probably going to be a decent amount of running, which I don't want to target any of these three running backs because I don't know who's going to get the main workload and with how many carries are going to be split. You're pretty much hoping for two rushing touchdowns from one of the guys in order to make value. So I'm crossing the running backs off my list. And then the receiving game, I mean, it's not like any of them – really stand out as great plays. I mean, maybe Nico Collins at 3.6K, but again, you're giving up a cheap wide receiver spot. Maybe Chris Conley at 3K, but again, you're giving up a cheap wide receiver spot. I just don't like anything on this Houston offense. 
And I'm not expecting any of them to put up big fantasy outings outside of maybe one of the three running backs, which good luck guessing which one it is, puts up a two-touchdown game potentially. Yeah, good luck figuring out which one it's going to be, that's for sure. I mean, Cooks, we know he has so much upside. So, like, if you want to take some tournament shots, like, if you're playing, like, a Lawrence Jones or a Lawrence Chenault or Chark, like, stack and you want to run it back, I mean, Brandon Cooks, we know, like, the ceiling this guy has. Um, the speed he has just alone gives him a high ceiling. So, I don't mind maybe doing something like that. Minnesota at Cincinnati, 47.5 total here. Uh, the Vikings, uh, three favorites. Um, let's talk about the Vikings. Obviously, Dalvin Cook is someone that has been brought up a lot already this week. Um, it's hard not to like him in this matchup. I think his floor is a little bit higher on Fanduel than it is on DraftKings, but I think he's like one of the best. If you're not going McCaffrey, you're probably looking at Dalvin Cook type plays. Yeah, yeah, no, I definitely think he's one of the best plays on the slate of running back in terms of raw points. And with Minnesota, I'm pretty much taking the same approach with them I took last season, which is most lineups play one of Thielen, Jefferson, or Cook. Pretty much every single game, one of them had a massive outing. Sometimes two guys did, but not horribly likely. If you're expecting two guys to be going off in this, then you definitely want to bring it back with a mix-in or um, a chase or a Boyd or multiple of them. It's just kind of the way I take an approach with Minnesota, and it's not going to change the first week of the year because guess what? They're still a very similar team. So take one of those three guys. I'm staying away from the ancillary pieces. It's just Jefferson, Thielen, or Cook, most likely one of them in the lineup. Yeah, um, I don't know. This game this game has some sneaky potential, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, any Minnesota game kind of does. And I mean, the fact they that score in bunches, it. man. And yeah. like maybe Burrow being healthy can keep up. I mean, you got yeah. Higgins and Chase to run it back with, even like Joe Mixon. Like, I don't know. This game, this game's interesting. Um, it's interesting. I mean, I I like Jefferson. I like Thielen. Don't get me wrong. I don't know how much D.D. Westbrook will play. Um, I really think you just stick to the main pieces. I think you look at Jefferson and Thielen, Cook, Cousins. I'm probably just staying other... away from Cousins, to be honest. Yeah, like... I mean, I'd probably go more Burrow and run it back with the Minnesota soon. I'm probably with you there. Um, let's talk Cincinnati. Burrow, I mean – we saw what this guy was capable of. I mean, they weren't all pretty, but what was it? Cleveland last year. I think he put up like 30 plus fantasy points, had a three touchdown game. Um, it was just a monster game. I think he had three rushing touchdowns before he got hurt too. Um, what are you doing here with the Cincinnati offense? Um, I'll play at like, I'll sprinkle in every which way. Like I said, I'd rather throw one of the guys in on the other side from Minnesota. Cause I think one of them goes off because every game last year, it seemed like one of them went off. And then, yes, kind of stacking up the Minnesota or the Cincinnati side. I mean, Burrow, yeah, you're right. Like one of the big things with them last season was they were passing the ball a ton. I think he averaged almost 40, over 40 passing attempts last season before he got injured. Um, He can put up a now much better game. He's going to be in his second season. Yes, he's coming off an injury. Yes, that has potential to hinder him as it has with other quarterbacks. During that, but I mean, with adding Jamar Chase, I know he's had some problems in preseason, 
But adding Jamar Chase, this is a drastically improved offense here. Has a whole bunch of weapons. T. Higgins, Boyd, Chase, mix and match any two of them because all of them are under 5.3K. And then Joe Mixon, if those guys aren't going nuts, then Joe Mixon's probably going to get a pretty massive workload. I have to assume here. he can, They'll allow him to run the ball 25-plus times. So if they're – you can kind of play the uh, – kind of play the whatever it's called. If you're going to stack this up, I mean, if you're playing Cook, probably play two wide receivers from Cincinnati with him and Joe Burrow. If you're going to play Jefferson or Thielen, might not be the worst idea in the world to play – um, Joe Mixon there on the other side. So it, it's an interesting spot here where the game's grip kind of correlates pretty well between which guys you're playing on both sides. And none of them are really bad plays. Uh, I mean, this game, this game's fun. This game's fun. The more I think about this game, the more it's fun. Um, I really I like love the matchups for like half the teams. In week yeah. one, like you don't normally get this much excitement. You know, there's going to be one random game that goes off for a huge total that we don't aren't even really thinking about. But this is a really strong week one uh, matchup slate. I mean, you could just go you could go Burrow, Higgins or Chase run it back with Dalvin Cook or Jefferson. And I mean, you could there's so many ways to potentially stack the Cincinnati side. I like this spot. I really do. Joe, Joe Burrow at his price. I like the price. Like Josh Allen was like 7.4 K and Burrow was like 5.7. I mean, me and you are like captain, <laughs> captain um, Josh Allen. Don't get me wrong, but um, we, we were on that guy. Everybody's like waving at us at, at the back of the train while we're at the front. We're like, he's really good. Just wait for it. Oh, wait, Grant. Did he have a good season last year? <laughs> oh gosh as soon as this digs trade happened i'm like yeah going all in on josh allen week one and week two and week three and week four and then people finally seem to catch on a little bit more but oh gosh i love that guy all right seattle at indianapolis uh the seahawks and the colts 50 total seattle's at three favorites um talk to me about the seahawks here and unbiased um seahawks fan talking about the seahawks It'll be interesting. They got a new OC in there, and they're okay. This is like a good spot. You remember last season, the first what eight nine weeks that there were five or six times where you pretty much had to have Russell Wilson with either DK Metcalf or with Lockett. I mean, they're going up against Indy, and he runs a defense that is very good versus the run, and kind of tries to force targets to tight end, which also makes this a little interesting because Everett's sitting there at three point four K and shouldn't garner a whole lot of ownership. So Everett's a pretty solid overall play, but it's mostly Metcalf and Lockett here. Like we've seen Russ put up massive outings. If they let him cook, like people were like he was for the first six, eight weeks of the season when he was the MVP front runner, I think a minus 160 favorite to win the MVP. I mean, Wilson is just very good. We know that he's very good. The only problem is them wanting to run the ball, which I don't think they will going up against one of the better run defenses, one of the best run defenses in the league in Indy. So obviously that means passing game. If he goes, if this is a high scoring game, that means that Metcalf or Lockett went off for a massive game. They don't have a lot of wide receivers on their roster. It's Lockett and Metcalf and Everett. Those are the pass catchers. We know where it's going. I'm probably going to use two of those three in every single stack I have of this game. 
and it's probably going to be predominantly Russell Wilson as the quarterback for all those game stacks. So this is just a beautiful spot where they have a 27 total and Wilson could go off for a massive game. Oh, good old Russell Wilson, DK, DK Metcalf week. Um, By the way, one quick thing, 20 to one odds over at BetMGM for Wilson to win the MVP. Probably my favorite MVP bet. And Grant is unbiased. He's not a Seahawks fan or anything. I mean, it worked out well for the first eight weeks of last season. Then I gave all that money back. (laughs) Um, That's when, like, that's when, like, the money shifts so much. You're like, oh, should I cash this out? (laughs) Should I give up? No, it's been so good. And then, and it's gone. Um, I mean, I love DK Metcalf every week. This dude. He he's one of a handful receivers I think has three touchdown upside in any matchup. His size, his ability, he's just a he's a beast. But I mean Tyler Lockett is really good as well. I really don't pay play anybody else in the passing game. Like I won't play like a third wide receiver. I won't play the tight ends. Like I play Wilson Metcalf or Wilson Lockett or both of them. Um and that's really how I approach this. I don't mind Chris Carson. He's under 6K. He's a guy that has 20-plus point upside. So, I mean, this is definitely a spot that I think the Seahawks are interesting, and I think – I really think the Colts are interesting. Um, I mean, I don't feel like Carson Wentz really got a fair shake to kind of finish out his Philadelphia career. And maybe he didn't earn one, but I don't think he was 100% either. Jonathan Taylor definitely sets up to have a good matchup here. The Seattle run defense, they might be better this year, but they were not great last season. And this is a, one of the one of the better run offenses in football. What are your thoughts here on the Colts? Yeah, so Carson Wentz being in a whole new situation. Um, like I said before with all those Rams guys, just sometimes being in a new situation after what he did for his first few years can be huge. And obviously over in Philly, there was a significant portion where he had fourth and fifth string wide receivers. So I'm kind of right there with you with Carson Wentz as a potential guy that can put up a big game. Seattle secondary is kind of in flux right now. We'll say that. Um, And all his pass catchers are really not that expensive. I mean, we got Pittman and we got Paris Campbell 4.1 and 3.7 K. Both of them can have a pretty big outing while they might just try and run Jonathan Taylor a lot there's always a chance that they end up passing the ball a decent amount because they're going to have to play catch up with Seattle. So I really like Pittman. I really like Paris Campbell and I don't hate Pascal. All these guys are underpriced. You can make a very cheap stack with them and Wentz and bring it back with Lockett or DK. It's just a perfect spot. I don't think I'm too heavy on Taylor because I'd rather go with the other guys, but yeah, I'm definitely in for this Philly or not Philly indie passing game here. And I think that they could put up a pretty decent day. So my my first look here is Pittman's way too cheap. Yeah. Jack Doyle is a very interesting tournament play. We know how Carson Wentz loves his tight end dump off type plays. And I mean, with T.Y. Hilton out for the first three weeks ish, it could be longer than three weeks. I know it was a minor surgery. That it just opens up so much in this passing game for a guy like Campbell to show what he has early. But I definitely will have exposure to Taylor, but I do like Pittman a lot. You can run back Wilson and Metcalf or Wilson and Lockett with a Michael Pittman. 
And Pittman helps your overall salary because Metcalf and, and Lockett are so expensive and Wilson's so expensive and like Pittman and Campbell are just so cheap. You could potentially, this is one of those games you could do a 2-2 because the Indy Colts, the, the, the Indianapolis Colts wide receivers are just so cheap. So I like this game. Um, I mean, there's pieces of every game that I really like for week one. It's putting me outside my my three entry max comfort zone, but um, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna definitely it. build way too many lineups for week one, like always. I will have close to 500 between all sides. Week one, baby, let's go! Steelers and Bills, 48 and a half total. Buffalo, a six and a half favorite here. Um, Pittsburgh, we got a Harris at running back, we got Juju and Johnson and Claypool and Ebron with big old Ben. What do we like here for Pittsburgh? I mean, Deontay Johnson could put up a massive game just by the fact they can get 16 targets. He's probably my favorite wide receiver in this game. Claypool can put up multiple touchdown outing. I mean, we saw it last year, him put up three different multi-touchdown outings. He's in play. I'm not a huge fan of Ben. I'm not a huge fan of Juju. Najee Harris, though, could be an interesting guy. Like, obviously, we don't know exactly what he will be. He's a rookie. Could be a CEH situation, could be a Trent Richardson situation. Never really know with first round running backs. Could be a Leonard Fournette situation where he just gets fed. All we know is that he has potential for up a ton of upside. And 6.3K, I'm going to have some shares of him, mostly because I want to play the Buffalo side of things. But I'm probably staying away from Ben, even if he does have a game where he throws the ball 50 times that doesn't necessarily correlate to him putting up a massive outing. When we look at last season, he threw the ball an average of like 48 times if you take away his two outlier games, and he barely had over 25 points in any of them. Like, I think he had three games over 26, two games maybe. So I'm mostly going with the volume perspective for the pass catchers on the full point PBR site, and that's going to be – predominantly Johnson and Claypool. And then I'm taking Najee Harris a decent amount. Yeah. I'll have bits and pieces because there's no way that in week one, I'm not going to have a Josh Allen, Stefan dig stack. Um, and I want to run it back. So Johnson and Claypool, but I mean, just waiting for Juju to have like a monster game and, and like, we just know how talented he is. And I mean, in the slot here against Buffalo, Josh Allen, Grant, um, Stefan Diggs. I don't love the whole running back situation. I will, will it be Moss? Will it be Singletary? Will it be Matt Breida? Like, I think this is another one of those where all three guys can play. So I'm really going to focus, focus in on Diggs, and I'll probably play some Emmanuel Sanders and Cole Beasley as well. What are your thoughts here on Buffalo? I'm almost entirely Josh Allen and Diggs. Like, yeah. I love that stack. If you want to throw on Beasley, that's fine. Beasley can obviously put up a big outing. I don't know if I'm sold on Sanders, but we know what Beasley is in this offense. He can put up 20 points at his 4.4K price tag. So it's going to be all Josh Allen and Diggs or Josh Allen, Diggs, and Beasley. Um, something to always watch out for, although it's less really important at this point in the season, is Buffalo weather. Um, looks like it's going to be sunny, almost 80 degrees. When is something to look for and try and figure out where that's going to be at early forecast. It looks like there could be 14 mile per hour winds, which would definitely put me a little bit less on this, but I think it matters less for Diggs and Josh Allen 
Like the reason why Josh Allen succeeded so much last year is because he had a guy that was going to reliably run routes and he didn't just need to pass down the field, which in Buffalo when it's windy and cold is tough to do. So Diggs, Allen, a little bit of Beasley, that's I'm going to be all over it. All right, we got the 49ers and the Lions. Uh, San Francisco is eight favorite in this 45 total. Um, any interest here in the 49ers whatsoever? I mean, not not terribly, no. I mean, you can go with Ayuk, maybe Debo, but I'm, I'm not really stacking up this game. I mean, we really don't know who's going to play quarterback either um, yet. I don't think it's been announced whether it's going to be Garoppolo or Lance. Um, I I like the Ayuk price, and I could definitely see playing maybe some shares of him. But I, I think this is like one of those games that has the potential to be like one of the lowest scoring games on the slate. Um, so this will probably be the highest scoring game because that's how it works. But, I mean, the Detroit run defense is not great. If you want to play um, Mozart, I, I don't hate it. But, I mean, Trey Sermon's there. They have other pieces where he might not get, like, a full running back share at 5.8K. Yeah, I mean, that, it's going to be tough to figure out that. And I'd rather do that on a different week where pricing's a little bit more accurate. Well, I, I look at it this way, too. I don't necessarily want to stack Detroit, so I don't necessarily have to play 49ers um, – Runbacks. Uh, I think this is one of those games where you could potentially play George Kittle and move on. Um, Lions, any interest here in Detroit? I mean, Tyrell Williams, cheap. You can go off for a big play. Swift might be used heavily in the passing game, but he's 6.9K. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if I play almost none of this game. If I don't play any of this game, it wouldn't surprise me either. That's kind of where I'm at. Um, Hawkinson, we have so many good tight ends this week already that I don't know if I end up on Hawkinson. I like Swift. I don't mind Swift. I don't mind Tyrell Williams at 4.4K for a wide receiver one. Um, Jared Goff, he hits his wide receiver one, no problem. All right, we got my Dolphins going into New England. It's a 45 and a half or 43 and a half total. New England is a three and a half favorite here. One of my favorite bets for the weekend is Miami plus three and a half. I'm not biased Dolphins fan at all. Um, what are your thoughts here on the Miami Dolphins? I mean, not really a huge fan of anything. New England's probably going to run the ball a lot. Miami's not going to have a ton of possessions on a different week. It, I might go a little bit heavier. Um, Waddle. Until Fuller comes back, Waddle's 3.6K. He's probably my favorite, but I don't really have a ton of interest in anything else. I mean, tight end's a lot easier this week, and so Gusecki at 5, 4.5K, don't really want to go there. Parker's 5.5K, seems a little bit expensive, even though he probably should get a decent amount of targets. Gaskin, probably the RB1, or is the RB1, but Malcolm Brown might steal some work from him. So 6K is not something I want to pay up for going up against New England. Like, it's just a spot where I don't see this being a high-scoring game. Yeah, I'm kind of with you. Um, I don't think this is going to be a high-scoring game either. I still think the Dolphins have a chance to win this game, though. Um, but I um, mean, Mac Jones is 4.4K. Yeah, I mean, we'll get to that side in a second. I, I think, like, 
Waddle is interesting for tournaments. I think Gaskin is interesting on like full point PPR sites because I do think he has the potential to get like four or five catches in this game. And I don't think Malcolm Brown plays a lot. So I think Gaskin at 6K, 70 to 80% of the snaps with a few catches. I don't think that's terrible. Um, This defense is solid. Don't get me wrong. Uh, The New England side of things, they're going to run the ball. I, I like I get it. Mac Jones is 4.4 K and I know you're going to talk about that. And like the price is just way too cheap and you can pair him with a couple pieces, but Damian Harris is the guy that I'm looking at the most here from new England. And I hate playing new England running back. So I probably don't play a lot of this game in general. Yeah. Damian Harris is definitely a guy you can look at. I mean, we don't know what this role will be. And every year in the past, like Belichick's made our life miserable when it like, like eight years now, all the way going back. The one guy, the last guy we could really trust was LeGarrette Blunt. Um, just trying to trust New England running back is tough. I don't, I will have probably one, one Mac Jones lineup with like Jacoby Myers and then Johnu Smith. Like they pay, or even Aguilar. I might end up with two, to be honest. Like I don't like any of their, wide receivers, but the Patriots spent a whole lot of money this offseason bringing in Aguilar, bringing in Henry, bringing in Janu, and they could run a weird offense, and Mac Jones could be good, like Belichick. I know people are trashing him because of his last two seasons, but I mean, two seasons ago, he really didn't have too much to work with. Last season, if I remember correctly, they had more guys opt out because of COVID than anyone else, so they were just a bad overall lineup that actually didn't do terrible. They just happened to run the ball a ton because they had Cam Newton there. And so you always have two options between the running back and Cam Newton to run the ball a ton. I trust Belichick. So I probably will have one or two, like probably 5% Mac Jones stacks throughout all sites, just because of his cheap price tag. And the fact that we really don't know what new England is going to be like. Yeah, I mean, I don't mind Myers. Um, I don't mind Nelson Aguilar. I get what you're saying about the tight ends. We could see a lot of two tight end sets for them in could this see game. Aaron Hernandez Gronk cut type system that we had back in the day. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm gonna take some shots on Damian Harris. Don't get me wrong. Um, 5.2k Miami run defense is not good. Um, coming from a biased Miami Dolphins fan. Cleveland Browns going into Kansas City to take on the Chiefs. Arrowhead week one for Cleveland, uh, 54 and a half total. This game has the highest total on the weekend. Um, Kansas City is a six favorites. Talk to me about the Cleveland Browns here. I really think I'm only playing Chubb and Hunt, like to be honest. I really like this game. I really like the Kansas City side of the game, but they don't give up a ton to opposing wide receivers. Their run defense isn't great like I don't care what happens Cleveland's probably going to run the ball a lot and like if they're not running the ball Hunt's probably going to get a lot of work in the passing game I'm really just using those two guys because I think they're the two guys that have the potential to put up a huge winning score I mean Chubb can go for 25 plus points in any game Hunt can do the same like it's all going to be about touchdown equity will I do think that there are going to be points scored but Landry and OBJ are both fine. I don't, I would prefer OBJ at his price tag of 5.4K. It's just a little bit too cheap. But I think the running backs are the better move over on the Cleveland side. 
I will say this. Odell Beckham should never be 5.4K. I like the price, and I'm going to have plenty of Mahomes stacks to Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey. Don't get me wrong. Um, that I will have exposure to Beckham. I will have exposure to Jarvis Landry. But I like the Kareem Hunt because you can go you can go Mahomes Hill or Mahomes Kelsey, however you want to build your Chiefs stacks. And, like, you're not playing week one and not stacking Chiefs. That would be dumb. Um, and you could play – you could run it back with Hunt because, like, if they start getting behind, Hunt might see the field more than Chubb. So, I mean, I like the Hunt call. Um, I think Beckham's just too cheap not to – not to have that like Odell Beckham hundred yard two touchdown game. Um, make sure you get some exposure there. Uh, the Chiefs, Grant. I mean, we don't really need to spend a lot of time here. Like the Chiefs are what they are. Uh, Travis Kelsey is the best tight end in the league. He's eight point three k. You know what you're getting if you pay up for him. This is the number one passing offense in football. Patrick Mahomes, Tyree Kill, Hardman, and Robinson. Um, and then the running game. I mean. Edward Solaire looks like he's going to be the guy, but I wouldn't be shocked if like Jared McKinnon steals some like third down opportunity in the passing game. Yeah, I definitely think my favorite part of this game is Kelsey. Everyone's going to be paying down for Pitts, but let's be honest, you can pay down at pretty much every wide receiver position easily. Like there's a never ending number of cheap wide receivers. So going away from Pitts and paying up for Kelsey, well, decent amount of people will doing be doing it, but I don't think nearly enough. Cleveland gives up a lot of a lot of work to opposing tight ends and Kelsey, like there's not many guys in the league that can end up with a 30 point outing, let alone like looking at a second half of the season, he was consistently putting up 25 plus points. So getting that of your tight end, if Pitts ends up failing, then it's pretty much a lock and load unless all the cheap wide receivers just fail. Um, so Mahomes, Kelsey Hill, I'm never going to argue with, obviously could put up a massive outing at any time, but he's not my preference over Kelsey. And then Hardman, I mean, he should kind of see Sammy Watkins' role. He's the clear number two to me in this spot. He has a lot of speed. He can put up a huge, huge game just on one play. So Hardman's probably – I prefer him to Kelsey, or to Hill. But Kelsey is the main guy. Play Mahomes, play everyone. You can afford him easily on the slate. Yeah, I mean, listen, again, I'll say it one more time. It's week one. Don't overthink not playing the Chiefs. Play the Chiefs. Green Bay Packers, New Orleans Saints, 49 and a half total here. Green Bay is a four favorites. Um, what are your thoughts here on the, the Packers? Jones, Adams, Rogers, Mike. If you want to use <laughs> Tanyan, that's fine. But Adams like has probably the safest floor on the entire slate. Aaron Rodgers is very good. He's playing in a dome. Like Aaron Jones can put up a massive game all the time. Like we, we saw it so many times last year where it's like, all right, no one, he's, he's not that interesting. And then 45 points. Like we've seen it throughout the years. Aaron Jones is good. Like I'll play, I'll play a decent amount of Adams and I'll play a decent amount of Jones. And it's not like you have to have Rogers with them, but it doesn't hurt. And then if you want to throw M MVS in there, then that's also fine. He's 3.7 K always a chance at a big game. Yeah, I mean, overall, Adams could potentially come in around 10 to 15% because everybody's paying down a wide receiver. And Devontae Adams is the man. I mean, he obviously, did. like Tyree Kill has the speed, but Devontae Adams is the man. 
I think he's I think he's the best wide receiver in football, and it might be a hot take, but I don't think it's a hot take anymore. Um, but yeah, I like the Aaron Jones call. He'll be low owned, uh, probably under 10% here week one. Um, Tanyan is cheap, and I mean, everybody that's playing pits, you got to look for some pivots in that price range. So uh, the Saints, Jameis Winston, I guess. Um, Alvin Kamara without Ingram behind him anymore. Callaway and Smith there. Um, Marquise Callaway, what, 40% owned week one? <laughs> like, yeah. This is one of the spots that we were kind of talking about where there's guys under 4K that have double-digit point upside. Well, he's the leader. Um, Callaway is going to be massive chalk here. Yeah, and I hate the fact that I'm going to play him a bunch. I'm going to play him a bunch too. Raw points matter. I mean, also point per dollar matters. Like, this is Jameis Winston. We know what Jameis Winston is. I mean, Callaway and Kamara are going to be the mega shock, and it makes sense. They're playing in a dome. Like, Green Bay's got a decent defense, but they're playing in a dome. Winston creates fantasy points. That's what he does. He's cheap. I'm going to have a lot of Winston stacks, and I I don't – I do not like myself for this because – but, I mean, you can pair him with Kamara. You can pair him with Callaway. You can pair him with Traquan, who, like, we've seen Winston make Perriman into a top wide receiver. Like, Winston is going to chuck. He's now got a good coach. Well, he's had good offensive coaches in the past. Um, But he's got Peyton, who's going to figure out a game plan. Green Bay's likely going to be leading in this game. Like, Winston's going to be doing Jameis Winston stuff and – while I may turn the ball over several times, I don't really care because interceptions aren't that detrimental. Just means that he's probably going to be checking the ball more later in the game. So, yeah, this is just James Winston is back in her life, and it's a beautiful, terrible, tragic thing. <laughs> uh, it's something that's for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I like Winston a lot. I'm right there with you, like. I try to like get my quarterback player pool down to like five. And this week, like I'm struggling to get it down under 10. Um, so I'm going to play a little bit more quarterback this week than quarterbacks than I usually do. But I mean, it's hard not to like Winston. It's hard not to like the green Bay defense too. It's something that might not get talked about, but Winston is always good for a pick six. Um, and I mean, if you get a pick six from your defense, you're off to the races. So just going to throw the Packers defense out there. Hope it doesn't happen because I'd rather all the scoring come from the offenses in this game. We finish it out. Denver Broncos, New York Giants, 41 and a half total here. Denver is a minus three favorites. Um, any interest here in the Broncos? Not really. Like, you can play Judy. You can play Sutton. You can do whatever you want. I'm not. Like, this is going to be a low-scoring game. There's really not a lot to love here. I mean, Bridgewater is cheap. Judy and Sutton are solid. They're cheaper, but this is, I mean, it would just be Judy and Sutton as one-offs. Like, this game is not something I'm excited for. Yeah, I mean, I definitely hear you on that. Um, I just, when I'm looking at this game overall, it's really hard to get excited. Um, Bridgewater is 4.8K. I mean, cheap quarterback alerts. Um, Judy is 4.8K. I mean, the problem is, like, they have Judy, they have Sutton, and they have Hamler, and they'll use all three. They have Noah Font, and they'll use him. 
Um, so, I mean, I, I Noah Fant is probably the guy that I lean to playing the most here. But, I mean, this game has the lowest total on the slate for a reason. Uh, New York Giants, any interest here in the Giants? Not, not really. Like, slating at 3.8K. That's, that's really kind of kind of it. Barkley's always in play, but I'd rather pay up for other guys, and I don't know how much they'll actually use him here. This is just ugly. And I think Evan Ingram was uh, did not practice today. So, yeah, it, it's just gross. This is a gross game. It's going to be gross. Yeah, I mean, we really don't know what we're expecting out of this offense because Ingram's banged up, Galladay's banged up, Barkley's banged up. Um, I mean, if this offense is 100%, maybe. Kyle Rudolph is like almost minimum salary, and he could start here. I mean, that's not the, the worst option, I guess. But, I mean, I definitely want to see. If Galladay doesn't play, I have a lot more interest in Slayton at 3.8K. Um, and if Barkley doesn't play, I really don't have any interest in Booker or these guys. Um, this is probably my least exposure game on this slate. Um, I like the defense for Denver. I guess we should have. I should have mentioned that. I like the D- Denver defense a little bit here, especially if Barkley ends up like being a limited, like all week and not playing a ton. Um, and I will say, like, I don't think Tony plays either. Um, he's still dealing with like a hamstring injury, so could really just be <laughs> Slayton and Shepard, uh, depending on Galladay and Tony. So, uh, let's play the morning grind game. And then uh, we'll get out of here. We're going to use DraftKings like we always do. If you're new uh, to the podcast, I still have the sheet that I had for last season. So that's what we're going to use. If you want us to add or take anything away, uh, we can do that. We take away the top five um, highest priced players for each position. Uh, Give me a quarterback to score or to throw for at least 300 yards on the slate. Ryan Fitzmagic. Fitz magic. Um, I'm going to go Trevor Lawrence in his first game, throwing for over 300. Low own running back for a touchdown. Uh, gosh, it's tough to figure out. No, it's actually not that tough. Um, I'm going to go with Mike Davis. Your boy. Hmm. Um, I'm waiting. I was waiting for um, our ownership to pull up really quick. Uh, give me Mozart to score a touchdown at low ownership. Uh, quarterback and a wide receiver stack that's going to score a touchdown. Oh, I'm going to go Herbert Keenan Allen. Herbert Keenan Allen. I like that one. Um, let me go. <laughs> let me go Jameis Winston and Callaway. Uh, I thought you were going to go Josh Allen Diggs. Well, that I can't take a freebie. Yeah, that is that is so free. It's um, it's about as free as Adams and Rogers. Uh, give me a wide receiver and not in the five highest priced. Um, that's going to get at least eight targets in this game. Oh gosh, I already went Keenan Allen, so I'm not going there. Um, I'll go with McLaurin. Oh, you took my guy. Sorry. <laughs> Oh, I like McLaurin so much, so much with Fitzmagic. I was like, oh, I know you took Fitzmagic. Maybe forget about um, McLaurin. Um, all right, I'm going to go Odell Beckham Jr. Give me a tight end that scores a touchdown, Grant. It's 
Oh, you chalk donkey. And uh, I hope he does. I'm a Gator, so I want to see him do well. Um, I'm going to go, since you took McLaurin, I'm going to go Logan Thomas because Fitzmagic's going to throw four of them. Last thing, give me a defense that scores 10-plus points this week. Oh, gosh, I always forgot that this was going to be the question. Um, <laughs> Patriots. Sorry. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Calm it down over there, buddy. Um, I mean, I always like to try to find, like, cheap defenses that could do it this, like, every week. Um, I'm going to go – I'm going to go with Jacksonville. They're 2.7K, Jacksonville, against Houston. All right, Grant, any final thoughts before we get out of here? No, just so excited. It's back. It's back. Week week one is in the books. appreciate everyone listening. Again, if you want us to add or take away anything for the morning grind game, let me know over there on Twitter. That's going to wrap it up. Week one, we'll be back. Week two talking about all the things that we got wrong. Good luck, everyone. We'll see you then. See you, kids.